Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hey, this is the week that we celebrate independence and freedom. You know, when you think about the 4th of July, Independence Day, boy, there's so much there. I was speaking at a church earlier this week, and, you know, a lot of it was just moving through me as I was talking. I was talking about the that issue. I was talking about some Supreme Court cases and religious freedom, but I found myself just in the moment reflecting on so much of that and just feeling in touch with some of that to some extent here uh, currently, but thinking about some of the things that have happened over the years, the hundreds of years during that time of, of our country in its existence and, and, and how much is talked about. And one of the things I was reflecting on was in different parts of the world, how much the 4th of July is known and Independence Day is known and how so many other countries are so grateful for the principles that we stand for in America. And you can see again, this is what, two or three weeks in a row, I'm not in here with a, with a coat and tie. That's because this is sort of my July 4th shirt if I can get away with wearing it because I've been around for a while and it's got what I love about it it's got this little American flag bat it, it's not um, specific right there's not 50 um, stars here on the the flag but you get the point I mean it's supposed to be a, a, a version or kind of evoke this is the American flag and if you could see the back of it I've got some really neat stuff and this is actually an eagle right here that's um, that's carrying an American flag but anyway so this is kind of my my Celebrate uh, America shirt whenever I can wear it. And I like to wear it on 4th of July when I can. So I decided I'd wear it today, even though today is not the 4th of July. And when you hear the audio, it'll be actually July 3rd. Today's July 2nd. If you're watching on social media, share our video, our Facebook. Um, I'm, I got stuff coming up on my screen. Our Facebook post, like it, put it up on some groups because we're going to have a very interesting discussion. I'm going to talk a little bit about freedom. And speaking of freedom, you know, when you think about some of the things that happened during our state legislative session, religious liberty passed, we passed a bill to protect babies in the womb regarding the heartbeat law. But one thing that didn't get done was the save women sports issue in this, you know, really, if you, if you want to, you could phrase it this way, this is the freedom of women to be able to compete and compete in a fair environment and not having biological men and boys competing in their sports and oftentimes taking away opportunities and uh, spaces and slots and abilities to compete, trophies, awards, and sometimes scholarships. And so, you know, we got through the Senate on a piece of legislation on this, but didn't get the, uh, through the House. But speaking of when we were at the House, we had an interesting hearing. In in part, a large part, was because of the presence of our guest today. Beth Stelzer leads the Save Women Sports effort. That's the name of her website and, and her group. And she goes around the country talking about this issue. She's an award-winning athlete herself, and she was there with us on that house hearing, in that house hearing, excuse me, in Texas earlier this year. Beth, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Jonathan, thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure to come and testify with you down there for that bill, and we will keep the pressure on, won't we? We absolutely will. We'll talk just a minute about why this matters with a special session coming up on July 8th. But I want to take our listeners back a little bit. First, I want you to tell them a little bit about your background and your work. And then we'll talk about some of the things you did in Texas and what's happening in the states. And we'll wrap up with what we expect in the special session here in Texas. But, you know, not only did you testify at the Texas House, you had a nice, you know, almost private meeting with our lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick. And so but a part of a reason for that 
is be, you've become ve very well known and very important to this movement. Tell us a little bit about your background. So I like to consider myself just an average housewife, mom, an average American. Um, I picked up the passion for powerlifting and decided to compete in a women's state championships. And that's when my eyes were open to this issue when a male was throwing a disruptive protest, basically a temper tantrum, because he wasn't allowed to compete with the women. And I thought, what is going on here? And when I started speaking out about it, I got harassed. And that's when I started Save Women's Sports as a platform for elevating women's voices in this debate, because it's a really toxic environment to speak out in. And I get death threats for this. Can you believe that? Wow. Well, that's crazy. You know, look, and, and some people will do that because they want to censor you. I mean, they want you to be quiet and they think if they bully you or if they use aggressive words or language that you're going to get nervous and scared and, and back down or not say things. And you see it all the time. And it, and, and sometimes it works, right? And people do say, gosh, right. I, I well, don't want to say anything. I'm worried. That's but all not they have you. is their personal attacks when you're looking at facts over feelings, right? And so it's, it's a good reminder that the sticks and stones will break our bones, but words can never hurt us. And that's all they have is some words to throw at us. So everybody really needs to step up and use their voice and just start having these grassroots conversations as awkward as they can be. You'll find that everyone is feeling the same way. Everyone's just a little afraid to speak up. Well, look, and this is an issue if people care about what polls say, that polls very well, if you will. In other words, the majority of people, when they weigh in on this issue, think that it's common sense that you shouldn't have biological men and boys competing in women's sports and legislation that seeks to, to uh, protect fairness makes a lot of sense and it's become necessary. Uh, how many states you think you've been to so far to testify and be a voice on this issue so far uh, in the past year so or so? I've been, I've testified at over a dozen states now, several of them. I've had the amazing opportunity to go twice because we have had a house bill advance to the Senate or vice versa. So, and with over 30 states introducing bills, I just, I have a lot of hope for this next session and hopefully for this special session that you all are having. Oh, look, I have hope too. I mean, and that's all you can have at this point. We're still waiting for some details from our governor, Greg Abbott. We put a request in this week, making it clear that we would like him to include the Save Women's Sports issue. The uh, fair play is what we were calling the bill. One particular bill, House Bill 1458. There was another Senate Bill 29. Didn't have quite as much, but you know, it was a little bit to work with. And so there were two different versions. But yeah, Beth, let's talk for a second. Uh, a lot of states dealing with this issue. There's a recent case right now, if you will, a, a circumstance where you've got a, a member of the Olympic team. Tell me what's going on with that with someone that's involved with oh. weightlifting. <laughs> Oofta. I mean, in, in weightlifting and powerlifting, the competitive advantage is huge. So we can really see it highlighted here in the Olympics where the rules have changed and now these males only need to lower their testosterone level for a little while in order to identify, I'm using quotes for those who aren't watching, as a woman. And so we're seeing Laurel Hubbard qualify taking in a spot from Indigenous women for the female Olympics. And this is a 40-something-year-old male competing with usually 20-something, 30-year-old women, and then you kind of die out of the sport. It's just so absurd on so many levels. Well, but not only are we seeing it in weightlifting, we're seeing it in BMX riding. For the first year, women have the BMX fight category in the Olympics, and there's a male alternate on the team. Wow. Well, I mean, look, we're talking about the Olympics. 
You know, I mean, that's, uh, you know, particularly, I mean, I don't, they're not con all of them necessarily considered amateur athletes anymore. I mean, but when you think about being able to compete and represent your country, you know, forget about getting paid. I mean, I know that matters, but for many people, that's like the ultimate honor, right? I mean, you know, because it's only a small exactly. time window of time usually, right? I mean, you know, the, not most people are not like some of these athletes that compete in two and three and four Olympics, um, people like Michael Phelps. It's usually They're the one shot. It's usually one shot. You got. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it really means a lot to these women, but th I want people to realize how much pressure these athletes are under to keep their mouth shut about this. Mm. They are basically given gag orders and said, you're off the team. If you speak up because the Olympics is basically concerned about profits than it is over the feelings of the athletes and women, basically. Now, look, and, and, and this is an area where I think it, the more people come up, the, you start to see common sense enter to the discussion. I mean, Martina Navratilova, who's one of the most accomplished tennis players ever, okay? Certainly the most, one of the most accomplished women's tennis players ever. Uh, you know, and these aren't, these aren't political issues, right? She's known as a lesbian, considered, you know, liberal, if you will. She's even out there saying this is not right. And she spoke up and then really was, you know, uh, was attacked viciously. And I think she walked back some of her statements or felt the need to qualify some of them because she was getting so much criticism. But the main message from her did not change. But if someone like her, who, you know, would, you tend to think has a lot of credibility, how hard is it going to be for just, you know, the average athlete that doesn't have all this, you know, history and so on, I could understand why they feel an immense amount of pressure to say nothing. Yeah, it's really, it's absurd that we are in this situation because it is common sense. It shouldn't be politicized. It shouldn't be a partisan issue. This is just common sense. We all see it on the playground up and we all need to stand up and speak up for women. Well, as I say often, and I was taught in law school, the law is a teacher. What the law says is and is not okay does matter. So, you know, we could sit back and act like, yeah, this is kind of absurd, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, but that's not the case. We know that if we put rules in place, and, and that's, I mean, sports, you know, if anything, right, it's governed by rules, right? That's that's why we call the bill fair play. You know, when you compete in sports, there are certain rules, right? There are certain timelines. There's all kinds of things. There's a structure in place that allows no one, you know, so people don't get some type of unfair competitive advantage. And so if we don't have policies in place, you're just going to see more of this, right? And so that's why you're part of this effort. Exactly. This is... There's a floodgate opening here and females, female sports is like the tip of the iceberg. When we look at the erasure of women's rights, it's what everyone can see, but there is so much more. So we really need to keep fighting to preserve sports because that is essentially helping close that floodgate. Because when that floodgate is open, it's going to be way, uh, way harder to close than it was to keep shut. So we all just really need to stand our ground here. Well, and you know, um, oftentimes women are already facing challenges, women's sports, just to get a little bit more coverage, maybe get, I know there's been a, a lot, you know, fought over the years to get funding, like in, whether it's high school yeah, or universities. Yeah, we still haven't even seen the equality from Title IX, which yeah. was enacted in 1972, not even 50 years. We just saw the 49th anniversary of it, and we don't see the equality from that. 
And some of the spots that have been curved out from that are now being handed to males and they're being called brave and courageous along the way. Wow. What kind of world are we living in, Jonathan? Unbelievable. So, okay, so you mentioned 30 states have introduced legislation to address these issues. I think we're up to 37. And so how many have passed? I think we were talking before the show started that Florida recently became the eighth state to pass a law of this type. Correct. A few weeks ago, DeSantis signed the bill. I was lucky enough to be there and get to shake his hand nice. and thank him for it. And now, of course, the human rights campaign has come out and sued the state for that. But they were the eighth state and we're still working on a few more. And the sessions are starting up again in other states that so we'll keep putting the pressure on and entering more bills. Well, let so me ask you. All the females are safe in the United States. Yeah, no. And look, I know a lot of times with, while, while the issue is not political, um, there's things sometimes some things that relate to partisan, um, you know, you might you might get Republicans are a little bit more favorable on these issues than Democrats. Uh, what are you seeing going through state to state? Um, you know, and those dynamics are always there. We see them in Texas. But what's resonating a little bit more when you have these conversations and there's these legislative hearings? What is sticking a little bit more that elected officials are hearing and, and it's and it's, you know, leading to, to them being a little more persuaded and seeing what the concern is? It's personal stories. We really need women with personal stories to speak up. And even something as insignificant as I see as my powerlifting competition being ruined, it's an emotional thing. And I think most people can relate to, I wouldn't want my sister, my mother, my daughter to have to go through that, let alone have to compete against a male. It's that putting themselves in in our shoes (laughs) as a woman and to see what that really means when we lose out on these opportunities. Well, speaking of powerlifting, you were there at the hearing in the Texas House. There was a woman from Texas who was a powerlifter, had some extraordinary testimony, and then she was a part of that small group of us that went to the lieutenant governor's office and talked directly with the lieutenant governor. So let's fast forward to Texas. We've got a special session coming up on July 8th. We know the lieutenant governor is already on board. There's been some comments in the past where the uh, governor has suggested that he appreciates the concern on this issue. Uh, the Speaker of the House, Dave Beedlin, um, I'm not aware that he's with us on this issue, and a lot of people felt like um, it was his lack of support or public support or maybe behind the scenes that kept those bills from moving uh, the way they should have because there was plenty of time to get it done. And so, But we got another chance, and, and we've asked Governor Abbott to include this. The way the special session works is the governor gets a call session. It can last up to 30 days. doesn't have to. Um, and usually they list certain items. Here's what we're going to address. Now, members can ask for other issues to be covered, but the governor makes sort of the final decision. And they could pass laws. They could send them to his desk, and he could say, I'm not signing it because it was not a listed topics. We know that election integrity is going to be a big one. And we know border security and maybe a few other things. And so we're waiting to hear the governor uh, confirm what topics they're going to include. But look, Beth, another opportunity. And now you've got other states. (laughs) So we might need you to get back down here. Just keep that in mind. There will be legislative hearings. Sometimes they're a little bit more abbreviated. uh, But there may be a reason. Anytime I'll take you up on some of that Southern hospitality again. (laughs) Well, and speaking of we're in the South, you're, I guess, Minnesota, North. What was the word you used? Oofta? What, What did I miss? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a general expression, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I I'll try to remember that. And so, um, and we got a lot of Texasisms or whatever they call them in Texas phrases that we like to use. But look, Beth, I appreciate the work that you're doing. Your voice on social media in the state legislatures 
in the state capitals. It matters a lot. And we may need to get you back down here, members of your team in your support network, because we've got a great opportunity and I think we got a chance to get it done. And uh, But the, one of the reasons we're in this position is because you came down here earlier this year. And so I just want to say thank you for continuing to uh, to stay out front in, in a climate that I know is, is very difficult at times. Thank you so much. And thank you and Texas Values for continuing to shine a light on this serious issue. And America, happy birthday. Amen. Um, I'm going to get back to my family. I apologize for my appearance. We're going to the amusement park. So yeah. what a better way to be American. That's than right. Fireworks, so. Celebrate that All freedom. Right. All right. Thank, thank you, you so much, much. Jonathan. Beth Delser has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. All right. We're going to let Beth get to some pre- sort of 4th of July related fun. And I'm going to wrap up some things for a few minutes here because we had uh, we look, we had an important week for a lot of reasons. Number one, we had our fiscal year deadline. Our budget goes from Ju July 1st to June 30th. We asked you to support us and you did, okay? You did not disappoint. We met the goals that we needed to uh, pay our bills and also be prepared for this next fiscal year that starts uh, July 1st. Yesterday, and you left us also with some to start with, and that was tremendous. And so we roll into this new fiscal year. Look, a special session's right around the block, all right? It's next week. That's a week from yesterday, if you will, Thursday of next week. So we're going to have to be prepared for that. We're already doing some preparation work. You heard me mention that we sent a request to Governor Abbott's office asking him to include Save Women Sports on the special session called. Not only that, but we asked him to address the issue of uh, ban on gender modification for children so you don't have children being mutilated and kids under 18 and, and a lot of issues that those both of those bills passed the senate and had an opportunity to pass the house and you know people can say they ran out of time but there was enough time it, it certainly felt like there was a delays and the bills were being slowed down purposely uh and you and, and i don't think it's uh, unfair to say who's leading the house in asking and that's the speaker but it's also other members and say you know, did they deliver, right? I mean, and so I think that question is fair to ask. And if you're in those districts or you care about these issues, let them know you're disappointed this didn't get done and you want to see it get done in the special session. But go to our website, txvalues.org. You can see that action alert if you want to take a look at it. There's a link where you can contact Governor Abbott and, and your House and Senate member. And just, and this isn't about calling them out. This is letting them know, I support this issue. I believe you're with me. Now you can have more people behind you to know this is an important thing to do. You know, it's interesting. A lot of times the media will do Public Information Act requests and they'll ask the governor and other members, how many emails did you get on this? And so don't think that somebody's not counting. OK, they always are. So check out our website, txvalues.org, for that action alert. And also check out our social media pages. We've got links to it there as well. We make it real easy. A lot of times your name already sort of gets uh auto-populated, if you will, and you, all, you just need to push send. But sometimes you got to fill out that information, but it doesn't take very long. So, But be prepared. Maybe you come to the Capitol with us. Starting July 8th, as I mentioned, the special session starts. It can last up to 30 days, but it doesn't have to. I imagine they're going to try to get things done as quickly as possible. But I also imagine because you have the issue of election integrity that the Democrats came together and really walked out of and really found a way to, to break and stop that issue. They might pull some similar measures. So, you know, we may go 30 days. We'll see. And the governor can always call another special session right after that. I've seen that happen when the work doesn't get done that's supposed to get done. I'm just going to keep showing off this shirt and flag as much as I can during the video broadcast if you're watching on Facebook and social media. Gotta love America. 
I mean, look, you know, and, and I know sometimes we can feel like we're in challenging times, a different presidential administration, you know, don't even get me started about some stuff at the Olympics. I mean, there's just so many different things swirling around these days. And I know we have our differences and that doesn't mean those aren't valid, you know, and we're pointing those out and we need to solve some of those problems. But I do think it's OK and appropriate on Fourth of July, on Independence Day, to also look at, at some of the principles that unite us. And maybe some people that are American don't like those principles. I don't know what to tell you about some of that. All I know is it's a day where, as Americans, we can just feel really grateful and, and, and also reflective on the blessings that, that we have in our country to practice our Christian faith, to have the religious freedom that we have. Um, I do feel like America was started with that Judeo Christian ethic. You know, maybe people disagree with that, but the history is there. And so, but whatever faith you practice, the religious freedom that we have in the in our country is like nowhere else. It's not even close in other parts of the world. We're a model and there's value to that. And even though we have some of those differences that we can sort of occupy some of the same space and have some of that mutual respect at times um, in regards to those freedoms. And there's a reason why religious freedom is in the First Amendment of the Constitution. It's number one, okay? That's how important it is. Uh, so don't lose sight of that and, and ignore sort of the relevance that of that place that it has in our history, in our foundational documents, in the role that it still has today. As a matter of fact, there was a Supreme Court case this week on a very strong religious freedom issue. I'll try to get into more of that detail next week. But thank you again for people that supported us financially. I mean, look, you can't save the world if you can't pay the bills. It's that simple. We are a business even though we're a nonprofit organization, we've got 12 people that work for us, okay? They have bills to pay, they have families to take care of, but they care about this work. And in order for them to do it, we wanna make sure they know the value of what they bring to the table. And we wanna also be a place where people, you know, are, are attracted to this type of environment and are rewarded financially at times for doing work. And we've got some, some I think, some fantastic people that are at some of the highest levels when it comes to education, professionally, and they're very well-spoken, they present well, they treat people well, they're, they're just a complete package. And so, and it's not always easy to have those kind of folks right in the heart of Austin and, and, and ask people to live in what's sometimes a hostile environment. But we do have members of our team that are in Dallas-Fort Worth. We've got a member of our team in South Texas and in the Houston area. So we continue to grow and we need to. As you see, more of a focus on people trying to turn Texas one way or another, whether it's a different color or rewriting certain issues or redefining certain policies. Uh, you know, Texas is always the prize for people. Oh, if we can get that done in Texas, we can get it done anywhere. And look, as a fifth generation Texan, that matters a lot to me too. But don't lose sight also of the relevance of Texas becoming a state and becoming a part of the United States to the United States being what it is today. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's far-fetched to say things might have went a different direction if Texas would have stayed a republic and, you know, not become a state. So just kind of keep uh, it's OK to, to reflect on some of that relevance of our state in the history of the United States as well. But look, whether you're going to have uh, fireworks, hot dogs, apple pie, uh, whatever makes you happy. I like those um, some different desserts that have the different layers of like blueberries and strawberries and whipped cream. I like just about any 4th of July dessert. As a matter of fact, now that I think about it, there's some great ones out there. Uh, sometimes the funds where you see the cakes, the different layers of the cakes that are red, white, and blue. Oh my gosh, so much good stuff out there and uh, to have fun with, but have fun with, with family. Sometimes you get a chance to interact with your neighbors. 
um, as well. People come out of their house a little bit more. Sometimes you'll have a parade that'll go through your neighborhood and all that kind of fun stuff. But, you know, look, um, a great time to reflect on what makes us special and exceptional as a country. And I do think America is exceptional, but it also comes with it a responsibility as well to protect those principles, to not uh, roll, roll them back in any way just because of one political movement or another, um, to allow the country in the, the public square to have faith that it can handle that. And a big part of that, as we saw last year, is respect religious freedom in the church. I mean, the government was allowed in so many ways to power grab against churches. And we learned our lesson, right? If you give them a little bit, who knows if they're going to give it back. And so trust the churches. They are essential. Let them decide how to handle things without the government trying to shut them down. And now in Texas is illegal, okay? So if that doesn't get your attention, uh, somebody in court will, right? If you don't heed my sort of recommendations and suggestions, but we also have a vote on this in November, a constitutional amendment election, November 2nd. We're going to vote to put in the Constitution some of these religious freedoms that were put into our state law in detail because of what the government did during the COVID restrictions last year. You'll hear more about that coming up. But real quick, an event announcement. September 24th and 25th is the date for our annual policy forum in the Austin area. Get your tickets now. The event sells out every year. We're going to have some early bird pricing. We're going to have a huge Huge announcement next week. I'm just waiting to sign that contract. You are not going to want to miss this person that's going to appear in dozens others. We usually have about 30 speakers. It's going to be fantastic. September 24th and 25th, start making plans for that. And um, we'll be having other events and things uh, around the state. But thank you again for supporting us. Thank you for believing in what we do in our work at Texas Values. Uh, thank you for celebrating freedom as we get ready for that this week. And thank you for making sure that Texas continues to be a state where uh, families prosper, where religious freedom is a full swing and every life is valued. And that's how we're able to protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.